Welcome to the MFR Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how you can create your own MFR business, how to have one, and what to do to get started. Each week, we will discuss practical ways to create a business that keeps you from under-earning and burning out. I'm your host, Heather Hommel. Over 10 years ago, I decided to change my massage practice to MFR only. I became fully booked and have enjoyed years of success helping people to get out of pain and return to active lifestyles. I'm here to help you do it too, even if you live in a tiny town and even if you've never had a business before. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of the MFR Coaches Podcast. I'm your host, Heather, and today I have a lovely guest, Gina Malloy, who has been a client of mine for a while now. We're going to go over kind of her path here for her MFR journey, starting her own business, and get to know her a little better. So welcome to the podcast, Gina. Thank you so much for being a guest. And why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself, your background, and what your practice is like today. Okay. I have been a physical therapist for 42 years now. I graduated from the Ohio State University in 1979. And since graduation, the entire focus of my practice was on the treatment of the neurologically impaired adult with some children. So um, have treated stroke and traumatic brain injuries, spinal cord injury, all of the other neurological conditions, really for most of my practice in a wide variety of settings. I took myofascial release one in 1995 and loved it and used it, used the techniques throughout my career, but just was on a different career path was on a path to become a neurodevelopmental treatment instructor. And so just took different courses. When I moved to California, the course was offered in my hometown in 2017. I said, great, I'm going to retake myofascial one. Well, it was like I had taken the course. I saw something completely different. Like, what did I miss in 1995? What was I not ready to see? Because it affected me completely differently. And it was the time where I had my first unwinding experience on the table and was totally freaked out, not in a bad way, because I knew about unwindings, but had never experienced it. So since 2017, just made a decision that I needed to take these courses. And I really had found a purpose in my practice that I felt I had been seeking for a very long time. And so in 2017, took myofascial release one, and then in 2018, did skills enhancement after only having myofascial release one. Well, life-changing, absolutely life-changing that quickly. And so it has been my passion now to become a myofascial release therapist. So I've taken, you know, not as many courses as I would like, just from a financial standpoint, to be really honest with you, but I'm committed to this approach for sure. In June of last year, actually, I should say February, another therapist and I decided to open a practice literally two weeks before the pandemic. (laughs) And um, we had to take a pause. It was a good pause. 
it was probably not a partnership that was meant to be. So in June, I separated from that partnership, rented a space from a friend of mine who had a thriving massage therapy practice, an absolutely beautiful space. I took a total leap of faith and just said, this is what I need to do. And so I sat here for days with an empty practice. Mm -hmm. What in the world am I doing? However, knowing, oh, well, if this falls through, I can always go back to what I know and what I've been doing for 42 years. And so (laughs) I have that commitment, right? Mm -hmm. So enter Heather on myofascial release insight saying that she was a myofascial release coach. And I was like, prayer answered, you know? And so within the first meeting, Heather had me just sold. I had no idea what I was doing. I wanted to move forward, had no idea how to do that. And by the grace of God, I am building, and Heather, I am building this business. And finally, finally, literally a month ago to study group was able to say to people, I am a myofascial release therapist, instead of my belief that I was a neurophysical therapist, myofascial release wannabe. Right. And that's been some of your work on this journey with us working together, right? Like you started out kind of confused about what to do and that kept you stuck, not moving forward. You were still taking on neuro patients and really working with your neuro patients throughout COVID as much as you were able to do that. So you weren't really putting time into creating your MFR business because of the confusion. Do you think that's what was keeping you stuck? Absolutely, for sure. And not even knowing where to start. Because to be honest with you, when I came to California, got into private practice, I didn't have to get my own patients. I was an independent contractor with two physical therapists who provided those patients for me. When I left the second practice to go out on my own, every patient followed me. I literally did not have to work to get any of my clients. As it was, when we underwent COVID, literally 90% of my patients said, don't come because I provided home-based physical therapy. Mm -hmm. I had a few stragglers that came back. And then as God would have it, three of my patients died. Mm-hmm. It, it was just like, I just saw the dwindling of my practice as well. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have no idea. I have it no- kind of came to like a, a crossroads where you could continue to be a neurotherapist and right. knew exactly what to do for that, how to talk to people, how to treat people, where to find the patients which hospital to go to if you needed to get hired or you could go all in with MFR. Yeah. Yeah. And as you know, I was pretty resistant to that. It was so scary to do that 42 years in this profession, but I know that I've been called for this. This is my purpose. I will never forget at skills enhancement, and I didn't even understand the importance of this. It took two of my skills enhancement colleagues to point this out at dinner. We were in a session with John, treating with John, 
And John looked up at me like square in my face because I was across the table from him and said, you are rather open for a physical therapist, aren't you? And I said, yeah, because that other stuff doesn't work. And later at dinner, one of the therapists said, do you know the huge compliment that John gave you today? And I'm like, no, what? And he said, he called you open because he's always talking about how physical therapists are so linear. He said, just absorb that. Understand that John sees you. Yeah. I was like, I believe that. I really believe that this is what I am destined to do. And I have come so far, haven't I? Yeah, totally. Initial days when I was just like, it was like pulling teeth to get me to look at documentation practice sites Mm -hmm. and fear about everything. Right. The technology fear. The fear of who are you if you're not a neuro PT? Yes. Like one of the biggest sheddings that I watched you have. Like we were just before we got on this call, we were talking about how I have lizards and I can hear the crickets in the other room that we feed the lizards cricketing. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, like in like lizards, they shed their skin, right? This is a good analogy. And it was like watching you kind of go through this like molting process of who am I if I'm not a neuro PT and who am I also to call myself an an MFR therapist when I don't yet quite believe that I am? Oh yeah, for sure. I don't have enough courses. I don't have a fancy website. I don't have a website. My Google page is in chaos because it got combined with somebody else. I'm afraid to post on my Facebook page because what if somebody sees my post? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> right. But now we're, let's talk about like, do you have a website? No. Yeah. And have no. you been getting patient? Like, do people find you? Yes, they yeah. do. Uh, so you yeah. don't have to have a fancy website with thousands of dollars invested in it in order to start your practice. It's amazing where people come from. We have something in town, probably other people too, called Next Door app. Mm-hmm. It's just a local community app. So somebody contacted me. Oh, somebody from Next Door recommended <laughs> you. I was like, uh, what? what? <laughs> I never... So of course I jumped on, put a business page on, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking I would be so proud yeah. that I did this. Yeah. And lots, lots of word of mouth referrals. Right. Um, a lot, a lot of word of mouth referrals, even from a former patient in Arizona who just went to me last week. That's awesome. Uh, Because the work, the work that you do speaks for itself. And if you just are out there in the world doing the work, eventually you can't contain everybody knowing about it. Everybody's talking about it. They're finding you on the next door app, which is so random, maybe not so random, but I love that you were at a point in your journey where you heard that you were on that app. So you went and investigated it instead of being intimidated by it and made yourself a profile. And I think more people have then found you on that app, right? Yes. And they tell you, they'll send you little updates about how many people, like 10 people have saved my ad, you know, ad on there. Mm -hmm. And there's been all kinds of views. And so, yeah, it's just that presence. And 
you know, once I made that absolutely like shedding, it's amazing how much easier it is to go back out and talk about MFR because I work in a, I have a beautiful little office in a, a really nice complex in a very accessible area of town. And one of the things Heather said was go introduce yourself to the people who work there, you know, just give them your card, let them know who you are. Well, I didn't have that belief yet. And now it is so much easier because I can walk in there confidently and say, this is what I do. And this is what I have to offer. And I can help people where before I really didn't believe that. And that was only four months ago. Yeah. Which just was like, do I have to do this? <laughs> you know, oh, it's still, I mean, California still is a lot of restrictions. So a lot of the medical offices wouldn't even let you in without an appointment. So I would be like, Oh, good. <laughs> One of this relief that you, you couldn't meet people, tell them you're an MFR therapist and offer yeah. to help them. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, good. I can't, I have an excuse to hit this office today. They won't let me in. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's totally different now. It's like, a, I'll tell anybody. Mm-hmm. What do you think changed? Like, what were you thinking when that felt really hard to do? And what are you thinking now that makes it easy? I think there was a belief that I was not good enough. Mm -hmm. Belief is just practice thoughts in your brain, right? A practice sentence that you've had over and over again about not being good enough. Yeah. Now what's the new belief? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just really helped me to see that, you know, just to reinforce, you do know, you do know enough. It doesn't matter how many courses, one more course is not going to make a difference you know enough. And pointing out, I had 42 years of experience as a physical therapist with the most movement challenged population that any of us have ever seen that counts for something. Yeah. And And it's not a matter of if the course is going to make you better skill-wise, because of course, like as many MFR seminars as you take, your skill level will improve. I mean, there's so many different techniques you can learn, but it's the belief in your ability to offer the work as an MFR therapist, instead of this is just a tool in my tool chest. I do it sometimes because I don't quite believe that this is what gets my patients where they need to go. And you had this mind shift of, oh yeah, I'm actually one of those therapists that can use the skill set that I already have. Going to another seminar is not going to create more belief for me. I have to create the belief for myself. Right. Exactly. And it was I mean, I went kicking, screaming, digging my heels in, you know, it was like, no, it's too scary. I don't believe, but I do now. It's like, once I made the decision, once I was able to say, no, this is who I am, mm-hmm. not to discount everything else I've, I've learned, but that I'm making a shift. This is what feels right. This is what I'm passionate about. And knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt, I will be successful at this because I believe it now. Yeah. And the only way not to be successful would be if you just quit, right? Right. Right. That's and, how you and, could measure if you failed or not, just stopping. Yes. And you asked me one time, you know, about feeling capable. And, and it wasn't really that long ago that I said, you know, ask me something about if you were on a sinking ship, you know, what I would be like, I would sink, you know, I, that, that belief that I was capable 
of doing this, of standing on my own and making this happen on my own took me a really long time. Um, Not that long, because we haven't been working together that long. So you got to give yourself some credit. (laughs) This has been going on for years, right? It's been a few months. When when I think about it, that shift happened pretty darn fast. Once it started, it was like, whoosh. Yes. Just having a breakthrough and then trusting that you could continue to live in breakthrough. Right. And clients will come. We don't always go from zero to fully booked in six weeks. Some people do. That's great, right? But that doesn't mean anything's gone wrong for the other people that maybe it takes a while, like six months or a year to build that up. Whereas I think some people who never get the help, that's going to take them five years. So you've, you know, 20 times your route to getting to be fully booked by starting out with rates that you want to get paid. That's the other thing we worked on, right? You had a great idea for your rate. But someone had said maybe that you shouldn't charge that. So then you were a little bit worried about what you should charge. So you came up with your rate that felt great. You were able to apply it to the world as, you know, you're in love with that rate and make what you want and what you need to earn so that there's, you know, data behind it, not just this feels comfortable to me. Right, right. That was a hard one. That I mean, I knew that the rates I was charging as a physical therapist were $50 less per hour than my colleagues in town. And, you know, having to change that rate into believing that I was worth that was really hard because I was thinking people aren't going to pay that. They all pay it, Heather. Nobody, I have never had anybody say to me, wow, no, it's, it's too expensive. It's like, no, they, they want this. They don't question it. And I'm just like amazed at that. You've gotten really good at talking about what, what are they buying? Cause they're not buying physical therapy. They're not even buying myofascial release. They're buying that idea that they're going to get better and have some relief in their life and enjoy their life more. Yeah. And how do you even put a price tag on that? Someone that can't enjoy their life, or maybe they can't golf anymore. And they really love to do that. And then they see you for a few visits and then they're back at what they love doing. Right. Well, you helped me define that because I was very typical, maybe of some therapists out there who the patient would give them a little bit of a pushback. And it's like, okay, I understand. That's fine. You know? Yeah. You just agree with them and believe their stories. And then, right. So that's the other thing that we worked on hard too was, being a leadership in your sessions from start to finish, from the moment you meet them until they are rebooked for the next time and the next time after that, and how to really talk to patients so that they understand why they're rebooking, what is in their best interest as far as meeting their goals, and how to talk to them about it without what were you worried about, like feeling salesy or pushy. And when you come at it with the energy of this is in my client's best interest, you're never going to be Salesy. I think that's a technique you've learned. Well, it, it definitely is. I mean, when you said to me, you've got to take a leadership role, you know, when I think about as a physical therapist working in facilities, the physician had that role. You know, they wrote the prescription. You're going to go three times a week for four weeks, you know, and the patient knew up front, this is what we're going to do. We knew what we were going to do. As we got more autonomy, you might have a little bit more to say about that. But now I really have a lot to say about that. And patients don't know. You know, a lot of them, I think, 
don't understand the investment they have to make and getting themselves better. So they're just like, just make me feel better. Like a massage therapist. Yeah. Typical traditional massage. It's like, no, this is treatment to address these certain problems. And this is what I think it's going to take and saying that up front, you know, and they're willing, they, they're willing to listen to that. If you take that leadership role, instead of letting them do it. Right. Because if it's up to them, they want to come as little as possible. They don't want to spend money. They don't want to spend time. Right. And, you know, they don't actually really want to feel worse before they feel better either. Right. So they just like to avoid the whole thing altogether. And a lot of therapists become timid at that moment and are just like, yeah, they just agree with their patient say, you know, whatever feels good to you. Let's, you know, yeah. Or I don't want to pressure anyone. Yeah. Or let me know. Yeah. You let me know later what you think. (laughs) Well, the answer is almost always going to be like, you don't hear from them again. Right. Cause they're confused. Maybe they do feel worse. And then you never have that opportunity to provide the amazing results that they could have had, had they hung with it for one more visit or two more visits or better yet three or four or five or six until they're on maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. They just don't know. They don't know. You know, and, and I have a friend who is in Arkansas who is seeking myofascial release treatment. And we've been talking about this. She goes, I want you to tell me what I need. I want you to give me a treatment plan. I want you to let me know what it's going to take so that my neck pain goes away. Yeah. You know, so somebody who is a patient communicating exactly that. Mm-hmm. And, and I you think- just have to think like, all my patients are thinking this way. When you have that thought, it's easy for you to feel confident. And then you, your actions are delivering the results, you know, telling them exactly what you think your opinion is. And then they get the ultimate control over deciding whether or not they're going to continue with treatment or not. There's nothing you can do or say that's going to create them being pushed into something they don't want to do. Yeah. And that leadership role requires belief in self. And requires belief that you have something to offer, that you can help them. And until I had that belief, I was not able to make, have that conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, And so now it's much easier to do because it's like, I can help you. Yeah. Isn't it much more fun when you're like coming at it? Like, I know I can help you. Like. That's, this is my plan for you. Are you on board? Like I'm all in, are you with me or not? And I think most clients are going to be on board or figure out how to get on board with that kind of energy in the room. Cause they want to get better by the time they're seeing us. Almost everybody else has already given up on them or they've been told they have the worst, whatever. I, I hate hearing that, but I, I've heard it so many times from my own patients. It's like just common now. So by the time they've they've met us, they are at their wits end and they need somebody to step up and be like, hey, I'm not giving up on you. Even if you give up on you, like I'm going to drag your body along until you're yeah. in it with me. Yeah. Yeah. A woman I had just a couple of weeks ago was told she she's had an SI joint injection. Now they want to do some kind of ablation. Hmm. And um, she has all kinds of just fascial issues. And so at the end, I said, I understand, yeah. you know, she's, oh, I sound crazy that I still have this pain. I've had acupuncture, massage therapy, physical therapy, chiropractic, and SI joint injections. She's like, I know I sound crazy. I said, you don't sound crazy at all. 
Mm-hmm. And as she was leaving, she had tears in her eyes. She goes, thank you for hearing me. Right. And for understanding that this pain is for real. Yeah. And for hope that you can make this better, you right. know? Life-changing to be able to listen to clients like that and have them feel so fully heard and yeah. to get the hope back that they can get better because that is so powerful. Yeah. 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 She's in it. She's in it to win it right now. She's now imagine for her, if you never decided to get on board with your belief and you just decided to stay stuck. You are absolutely right. You're absolutely would miss out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's for everybody else listening to this, wondering what they should be doing or why it's hard for them. It doesn't have to be hard and it can happen quick. It can happen as fast as you want it to. Yeah. There's people out there that need all of the MFR therapists to be on board. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, how many times have we heard John say, get out of your own damn way? I mean, you can't people if you're constantly worried about yourself. Right. He's exactly right. Yeah. And not everybody like gets that. And he says the same things in every class. But when you take them over again, you are learning from where your brain and your body is that with all of the experience behind you, you know, whether you continued on with MFR or not, but when you take it the first time, it's so overwhelming because it's so much information and it's so new and some of it's in the woo, right. And maybe you're not ready for it. But then when you take it again, you have like fresh eyes and your brain is maybe more developed. Maybe your nervous system is calmer and you're getting it in a completely different frame of mind. So it's like, it's a totally different class. That's for every class out there. When you repeat them yeah, from experience, it's just like, yeah, it's important to know that too, that just because you've had one or two classes, you should take more classes. Like you should, like your goal should be to improve your skill level. Also at the same time, it's so important to get your brain on board with what your plans are and have a plan for your business. Yeah. You know, I've been really frustrated with my being unable to take courses because of COVID. I mean, I was Mm -hmm. even just was canceled out of the MOBS course a month ago. So Mm -hmm. are still at that level, but I've got four courses coming up and I'm just so can't wait for that to develop those skills. But in the meantime, I've had a chance to kind of practice what I know and and get to a place where I'm ready to take these four courses, you know, that yeah. I just feel like stepping into it with a whole different mind, a whole more nonlinear, less performance based. Yeah. You're going to get so much more out of the seminars attending it that way. Yeah. And having your brain in the right space where you're just like, I'm just here to learn and I'm not comparing to all the other therapists in the room and then inadequate. So then I'm just walking around with my big inadequacy bubble. And who knows, you might walk into one seminar like that, but being able to be aware of it and understand that it's temporary and you won't feel like that forever is also gold from. Yeah. 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 Well, we put on comparison because I even compare myself with therapists on my fascia release insight page, you know? (laughs) Yeah talking about a technique and I haven't taken fractal cranium yet. Oh, so I don't even have that technique. So I can't even offer that to my patients. So that really, I really suck. Yeah. You know, 
I mean, it's ridiculous. You know, I am a comparison person and you have really helped me to reframe that I'm in my own lane. Yeah. And now you have so much more awareness about when you're doing that. Our brain is always going to offer us the worst case scenario and they're always going to be assholes. But (laughs) when we can rein it in and be like, of course, I think that way. Okay. I don't have to keep thinking that way. Like I can think that and also think that I'm good enough too, and be out here running my business, seeing clients because your skills develop when you're seeing patients and you're seeing your skills, no matter what actual seminar level you're at. Maybe you've only had one course. You know, some people I work with have only had one or two, but when you're using all of the skills from those two seminars to treat your patients and you're just treating and treating and treating and treating and treating, you have hours and hours and hours and hours, hundreds of hours by the end of the year of experience. And you can't replace experience with anything else. Yeah. One of the funniest things you've ever said to me was, is your brain is an asshole. (laughs) I just, I mean, I laugh at that every time because it's so true. You know, we all have it. There's a song on um, Apple podcast. Now one of my colleague coaches made, she sang it and played all the music. And it's, I think it's called my asshole brain. It's hilarious. (laughs) And I highly recommend everybody buy it and download it. It's so funny. But yeah, our brains are just dicks. Our brains just want to keep us safe and small and little. And when you are doing something like myofascial release, like you need to be (laughs) expansive and huge and willing to go beyond your comfort zone every moment of every day. And that's a lot. It's a lot of pressure and it can be scary. And that's what I help people do. That's why I help you get beyond like the frozen part of being scared and actually yeah. into that expansion where you are just enjoying it most of the time. You know, our brains are still going to be jerks, but yeah. Well, there are there are times in treatment all of a sudden, like I might be doing a leg pull and I'll lean back and I'll just think, thank you, Lord. This is so much fun. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just fun to just feel into this person's body and to actually feel into this person's body, you know, that deeply with someone, it's wonderful. It's just such a, you're winning when you lean back in a leg pole and you think this is so much fun, you know, won the jackpot, right? Because how many people spend so many hours at work and they hate what they do? Yeah. 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 And you know, I, I used to love what I did with the neuro people. It's been really a big shift because that is linear and analytical at its best, analyzing gait, analyzing dysfunctional movement, what piece is missing, how do I build that back in? So I have really had to make a huge shift in the way I approach patients. And I'm really working on that grounding part, that dropping down into that right brain part, because that's not where I've always lived. Yeah. But saw it. John saw that I could be open. And you can be open when you're not even trying. It's like when you're not even trying to do it, you can have it. Yes. So when you find yourself trying, that's when you need to investigate and get really curious. Like, why is this so hard right now? What am I thinking? What am I creating that's blocking me from just dropping in? Yeah. Well, one of the best exercises you do with me 
is, you know, the circumstance followed by what's your thought about it? What's your feeling about it? What's your action about it? And what are the results? It's like, when you put that into play, you know, it's like all of these self-limiting beliefs. And then what are the results? I have no patience, you know, I'm not getting this business isn't thriving. And it's like, it's so directly related. Yeah. Your thoughts always create your results, right? And so what Gina's referring to for everyone that's new here that hasn't coached with me is this work we do with the brain. It's called the model. It was created by my mentor, Brooke Castillo. And you can take any circumstance. Circumstances are neutral until you have a thought about it. The thought triggers a feeling. And then from the feelings, you're going to do, do or not do things actions as we call them. And then you're going to get your result from that. So ultimately your thoughts do create your results. This always blows my mind, even though like I'm now a certified life coach and I have a lot of training in this, but even in my own life, like when I'm thinking something really crappy about my circumstance, I get crappy results. You know, I stay stuck longer than I need to, but when I can put all my thoughts out there on paper and see what those thoughts are creating, then I have a choice to change it. It's kind of like how John says, like, without awareness, there is no choice. Yeah. release In our bodies and and as far as like myofascial release goes. And that's why I feel like this coaching fits so well in with myofascial release and helping myofascial release therapists, because we're still human and we still have human brains, even though we're doing this amazing life-changing body work. Some of it does not get fully processed and we have questions about it and we stay stuck in the why and the what, what just happened. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I'm glad like now that you know the model, you can apply that for anywhere in your life for the rest of your life. And I do, you know, and sometimes I'll laugh and just say, well, you just, you just created what you didn't want. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, just by, you know, that self-limiting belief, I'm not good enough. I don't have enough courses. So then it creates anxiety. And so then what happens? I'm in the middle of a treatment going, this isn't working. This patient is responding. I don't know what I'm doing. What's the result? Patient didn't get a good treatment. Yeah. Yeah. You you didn't show up as the therapist, you know, you could be right. Because the result is always you. The patient's always perfect, no matter what's going on with them. Yeah. Yeah. didn't get, you know, they didn't get what they came here to get because I was so in my head and that doesn't happen much. Right. That was more and of like a Gina months ago, right? Where life oh, yeah. is happening to you and oh, now you're more of the, I'm happening to life now. <laughs> well, I feel like I'm capable, you know, yeah. you've brought me, helped me see so much that I have, I have a lot of power mm-hmm. with it. I have what it takes. You know? I love that thought. Yeah, I have what it takes. That's beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Let and it, like when you're thinking that, like you're likely unstoppable from whatever it is you're trying to do. Well, that's where I am now. It's like I'm just having a lot of fun filling my schedule. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, another new person coming this week. That's really cool. And no, I actually have two people coming this week. So it's like in my head, I'm hearing Heather say to me six months ago, stay with it. It will happen. And now I am saying it's happening. Yeah. It's happening. It is. Happening. I, 
I quite want to be, but boy, am I further away than sitting in my office, this beautiful space with no clients. Right. Waiting for it to happen and wondering, why is this happening? Yeah. You've taken control over your business and you are creating your ideal setup here. So for as long as you want to work, you will be creating everything that you need to be as fully booked as you want for as long as you want and create whatever result you want. Right. And I think the other thing you did for me is legitimize me. You know, I was in this private practice and the other therapists didn't have a real strong structure. Like we never handed out HIPAA forms or informed consent and consent. We just didn't, you know, it was really loose, very loosely based. And now I feel like a big girl. I feel like I am the owner of a legitimate business that through my simple practice site, which I purchased on your recommendation as one of your recommendations, sends out these very official professional looking emails that includes all of my documents, you know, the intake form and the informed consent and consent for treatment and COVID regulations and policies. And it's like, I just feel so legitimate. And I have documentation on that site and billing on that site and scheduling on that site. And they send email reminders of appointments. I feel like I have a legitimate business. Well, because you do, right? It's actually factual that you've you've created all these forms and you had the thought, I will feel legitimate if I have these forms. So you made that happen. Yeah. And now every time people book online, which also remember how resistant you were to having online. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. Cause this is common with other people that I'm coaching to like not wanting, feeling like, I think it's like out of control or not in control yeah. of their schedule if they have online booking. So tell us a little bit about your online booking journey. <laughs> well, I was like, honestly, this is going to sound crazy, but if I put an online booking button, then they'll book. (laughs) Yeah. You might get busy. Isn't that funny? It's like, you're afraid of the result that you want. A lot of us are like, if I put it out there, I might be, I might have to work. (laughs) Oh gosh. I might have to. yeah. Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, it's still a lot of clients still choose to sort of like email me or text me, but it's available there. You know, mm-hmm. they're using it. You know, one guy used it like, oh, I'm going to change my appointment. And but, you know, simple practice notifies me. It's not like I wake up the next morning and go, ah, you know, yeah. you know yeah. I, set, I set my my availability. You know, you're in control of, you are as in much control of it as you want to be, right? There's a lot of parameters you can set. I think people don't realize that sometimes like you get to be in total control of your schedule, whether it's online or someone's calling you, you just don't have to be available 24 hours like that online scheduler can be available 24 hours for someone to schedule. And you never know when someone is searching for an appointment who maybe overlooks you because you don't have online booking. Right, right, right. So that was a huge step. It's like, oh, I'm I'm really putting myself out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, oh, so many first steps in working with you. So many first steps. But I took them all. Yeah. And it said, just be afraid and do it anyway. 
Mm-hmm. Be willing to feel any feeling yeah. and still take the action that you need. Yeah. And don't just like discount how you feel, like have the awareness of it at the same time. Oh, I feel like crap. I'm still doing this because I know yeah. that it's just these thoughts that I'm having that are creating this crappy feeling. Yeah. And it's really spilled over into life. I mean, who likes to do taxes? Right. I kept hearing Heather say in my mind, yes, you feel anxious. So sit your little anxious brain down beside you and say, okay, I acknowledge that you're anxious. Thank you very much, but I have work to do. You know, so you've always minimized, minimized how big I make things. I make things big in my mind, you know, with stars and sparkles and, (laughs) and asterisks and exclamation points. Everything is that big in my mind. And you've really helped me go, no. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's really quite easy. Yeah. What if it were easy? You know, another yeah. what if it were all the time it, easy? It's just yeah. a choice that we make. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. we want to be dramatic, right? That's okay. That's what makes you you and me me. I'm also very dramatic, but it doesn't have to control your life where every little thing that happens then sets off a chain reaction for something that could have been handled in 15 minutes takes 15 days. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yes, you know me well. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so we're going to wrap up here, but would you let people know um, how they can contact you, maybe where you're located, um, the name of your business, and where people can find you since you don't have a website? Okay. My business name is MFRX Myofascial Release, and I live in the desert in California. So I am in the Palm Springs area. Palm Springs, Palm Desert. My actual office is in Rancho Mirage, California. I have a Facebook page and I have a Google page. So Awesome. Okay. And we'll put um, your contact information in the show notes. And you're also on the directory, right? I am. And and again, another one of those, I am not worthy because I'm not expert level. Right. Even though I'm not expert level, I'm in the directory. You can be on there as a novice. So. Anyone can be on the MFR directory if you've had one class, which is pretty cool. Yes. Yes. So I am in pretty inexpensive advertising since it's there 24 hours a day. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for trusting me to be your coach, first of all. And for all the hard work you've done during this time together, it's been so fun to watch you grow and create the business that you have created because. This helps other people to see what is possible for them too, by you being willing to go through this journey and you are going to help so many people. And I'm just, I'm very, very excited to see where you go with this for, for the future. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you so much, Heather. And thank you for everything you have done to scoot me along on this journey. My pleasure. All right, everybody. I'll see you next week on the MFR Coaches Podcast. Bye. Thanks for joining me this week on the MFR Coaches Podcast. Check out my book, The MFR Coaches Guide to Having Your Own Myofascial Release Business. Autographed copies are available at my website, www.themfrcoach.com. Kindle version and print also available on Amazon. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The MFR Coach for more info on today's topic. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave us a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content. See you next week.